May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. Conquering Your Fibromyalgia Podcast, I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz. I am a pediatrician and internal medicine doctor, a doctor for adults, as well as a diplomat of the Board of Clinical Lipidology and Lifestyle Medicine. I also am author of the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain. The goal of the podcast is to help inform, inspire, and equip those who are living with fibromyalgia, their loved ones, as well as doctors and other medical providers who are learning more about fibromyalgia and want to up their game in care for patients who are struggling with this very frustrating problem. As with all the podcasts, this is for educational purposes only. Please discuss all your signs and symptoms with your trusted medical physician. Here are some highlights of what you can expect in this week's episode. But then a friend of mine said, you're at the wrong doctor, basically, which at the time, as this story unfolds here, I didn't even know what that person meant. But it turns out that in the Lyme community, there are these Lyme literate doctors, folks that deal with Lyme on a different level. I'd always thought that you went to the doctor. This is what's wrong with you. Here's how we treat you. You take it for whatever amount of days, then you're fine. We should also have a graph that's adding up the dollars. Every time I'm seeing one of these folks, it's at least not that it's the most important thing, but it's $500 or it's $1,000 or it's $1,500 to go down each one of these kind of paths. It became pricey, right? So when it's not working and you're spending what was equivalent to a salary in a year, basically, on something like this, you have to eventually say, uncle, this isn't it. But I believe the intention there was very positive. The intention was that they were going to help me. I went back and looked at some of the things that we wrote back and forth, and I was really always hopeful. But a lot of times I would end the email with, I just wish it was working for me. And it doesn't make sense that I would be having these feelings in my body if there isn't a reason. And then I had something that the first thing that really worked for me. And I started thinking about it differently. I started to read about fibromyalgia. It's funny going down all these things. It's not something I had ever considered because I'd always thought it was an infection that I had of some kind, right? This is Dr. Michael Lenz, and we have a special guest. Adam is a patient of mine, and I've known him for almost a year now and want to share his story, especially on the topic of Lyme, chronic Lyme, post-Lyme treatment disorder, all of those things. And I think hearing his story will help other listeners who may have heard of this, may be wondering about this, and might be going through it right now. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you, Dr. Lenz. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and then the battle you went through. Okay. So like you said, my name is Adam. I was a former athlete as a child and up through college as a baseball player, a basketball player, really active 
person my whole life. I think it was almost to a degree that was comical where people would kind of give me a hard time about my positive attitude all the time. And healthy, a healthy person pretty much my whole life. I had some injuries, I broke a few bones, was certainly sick on and off like anybody else, but nothing major ever. And then one day, it's funny, I remember the date. It was August 11th, 2014. My wife, Erin, and I was going out of town that day. And I woke up and said, I was tired. We're driving. She was driving. I was in the passenger seat, I remember. And she literally pulled the car over to the shoulder and looked at me and she said, what do you mean you're tired? Because it was just something I never said. (laughs) It was a really interesting moment. I'm like, man, I'm just really tired today. And she was going out of town. Later that night, I spiked like a really big fever, like 102 or 103 fever. I was feeling really sick. I woke up not feeling great. And that was the beginning of this crazy journey. Adam's initial symptoms may be familiar to many of you who have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome. If this is the case, I would love to hear from you. Email me at drmichaellens at gmail.com. Adam continues his story. All of a sudden, I was tired. I was getting kind of joint pain in some consistent places. I felt creaky. It was interesting to describe it, but that began like this, not being sick all the time. I call, I was sleeping with my father, who's a physician, who would normally call me in a pack or something like that, right? And this time he said, I don't think so. I think you need to go see somebody and see what's going on because it was a week. And it's funny when you're sick for years and years, the first time when it started and it was a week old, that seemed like forever to me. So I'm like, wow, I've been sick for a week. I went to an urgent care slash emergency room who really was just trying to make sure that I was not in trouble. And that led me down the initial where we'll start going down the Western medicine path. And then as I tell the story a little bit, I veered off into all different kinds of areas to try to figure out what to do. But initially it was all about testing. I had a couple of these just through testing. They found a couple of nodules on, they thought that I had some nodules on my lung, right? So we chased that down, but that turned out to be nothing. I had xiphoid pain, which is that which will blow your ribs, that little kind of button you can kind of feel. I didn't know what that was. So they thought, well, maybe it's like something's in esophagus or something's stomach. So I had a biopsy there. I had the lung biopsy, like I talked about, that turned out to be nothing. They did stress tests and they did, they thought maybe it was mold and all these things that they tested for and everything came back cardio. And I was in really good shape. So I remember going to, I'm like, this is kind of weird. I went to a neurologist. I walked in, he did a couple tests on me. He looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. I did very well on the test. So at that point, I wasn't getting better. I was still, as a matter of fact, it was turning into where I was getting a little bit of dizziness and some buzzing and stuff in my head, my hands and my feet were feeling a little bit numb. And a friend of mine, we were living in Madison at the time, a friend of mine said, well, have you thought about Lyme? And I didn't even, I think I said Lyme. And he said, no, it's Lyme. There's like a vernacular to it that I didn't even understand at that time. I went and got tested through my doctor down in Madison and I came up negative. But then a friend of mine said, you're at the wrong doctor, basically, which at the time, as this story unfolds here, I didn't even know what that person meant, but it turns out that in the Lyme community, there are these Lyme literate doctors, folks that deal with Lyme on a different level, whether or not the way that they deal with it versus what I was dealing with, which is right, and which is wrong. It's up open probably for a tremendous debate, depending on which road you go down. But I went down the only road I saw open to me, which is the next road to try to get better. So I went and saw this doctor who tested me again through a special lab out in California. And again, I was negative, but with a few of these, they call them like these bands, right? That they're, they're, What do they call Dr. Lenz? The kind of bands of IgG? Or- the antigen bands or antibody. They test going against different bands that they're trying to measure. 
Right. So if your body's that's reacting in a certain way, it would be associated with that with the Lyme bacteria, right? So I had these bands that were not associated with what the CDC said, but he said, I think maybe you still have it. And he, and to me, and he gave me like, gosh, you can't swear on this podcast, but I would use a swear word to say the amount of supplements I got at the same time, right? From this original doctor. And so I came back, I remember actually, I threw this bag on the table. My mom was there. I was at my sister's at the time because the doctor happened to be out by Chicago. And I was like, okay, like, boom, you can hear the weight of it. It was probably six or eight bottles of supplements and doxycycline said for we're start at six weeks. So what was interesting is I started taking the doxy and I think maybe, I don't know what was affecting me at that time. At this time, if you were to talk, when you go back in time, now I'm a hundred percent sure it's Lyme because that's the road and that's the path I took. Like that Robert Cross, the path not taken, whatever. I went left and I decided that's what it was. So I started taking the supplements. I did the doxy. It's funny. I went back in my email today to remember I knew we were going to speak. And what I was saying at the time is, hey, my joints feel a little bit better, but I'm really dizzy. I'm still feeling a lot of these things. And then it was on to the next antibiotic. So I think they added, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was another one that really made me feel sick. And I started to feel sick from the antibiotics, but at the time I was told that I was doing something called herxing. So I was told that I needed to get worse in order to get better. So as bacteria would die off, I would be detoxing. If I get up and feel terrible, it would almost be like, all right, I'm on the right track. But I never got around the corner to better with this particular doctor. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I want to briefly interrupt the podcast to inform you about the Fibromyalgia Starter Pack, which is now available. If you are new to this podcast, it categorizes the episodes in a way that it's more beneficial for those new to fibromyalgia. You can access the link in the show notes to learn more. What Adam was referring to by the Herxine is the Jerish-Herxheimer reaction that was named after European dermatologists who described it in 1895 and 1902 with syphilis patients who developed exacerbations of their skin lesions after treatment with mercurial compounds. Mercury at the time was one of the attempts to treat syphilis. After penicillin became the drug of choice for syphilis in the 1940s, the Jerish-Herxheimer reaction during the first 24 hours of treatment in primary and secondary disease, manifesting as fever, chills, headaches, myalgias, and intensification of skin rashes. In other spirochetal infections, which are the type of bacteria involved with Lyme disease, leptospirosis, relapsing fever, a similar reaction was reported after treatment with penicillins and tetracyclines and erythromycin. One of the important things to pay attention here is that while this did occur in those who had syphilis infections, the patients who have been diagnosed with chronic Lyme have typically been done by non-FDA or CDC-accepted testing. This would make the attribution of the symptoms to a Herxine reaction as an overreach. Adam continues to share his story. Can then I ask I also, you a question? Yes. How long from the first symptoms till you went to this doctor? So I was sick in August and I went and saw this doctor in October, like late October. So a couple months. I've been sick for a couple months before I ever got on any kind of an antibiotic or anything like that. I did get on like a almost a, when I first went to the doctor, they put me on a like not penicillin, but some other version of that initially because they thought maybe I had something they wanted. They gave me a broad spectrum antibiotic. But nothing, 
that was when my first doctor, because I was having those symptoms when I went, right? And they tested me for Lyme and I was negative. But this is October of 2014. And by January, again, it doesn't seem now when you had been sick for a number of years, like that was a long time. But now I've been with this guy from October to January. So I'm writing him off, right? This isn't working. I'm not better. I was doing acupuncture at that time. I started to do infrared sauna. I was really like scouring the internet. And my personality is also very driven in professional life. I'm very driven in, I guess, my personality. And I was extremely driven to figure out. I was convinced I could figure it out. So I did, I went, actually, you know, what I moved on to from there was complex homeopathy. So there was a doctor in another state that had on through testimonials and sites, hey, I have the solve for Lyme, right? And it's through complex homeopathy. They treat you long distance. You're taking different homeopathics at the time. And I went back and saw that email and it was very convincing, right? Hey, Adam, I'm so glad you came to me. Your symptomology is what we see all the time. Basically, this is where your journey is going to end. And it's a funny thing, Dr. Lenz. I, this is when I started to say, I just want to be someone's testimonial, right? Because you'd walk in and you'd read all these great testimonials. And a powerful thing when you're not feeling really well is hope. You don't want to distinguish hope, but you get really hopeful. And I'd read them. And then I would not end up being one of those particular testimonials. I did complex homeopathy for a few months. What's interesting is my father, who knew nothing about this at the onset, also was learning with me, right? And became champion for me. Because I really was, when I go back, I was really sick. I really wasn't feeling well. And I needed some help, right? Talking to some people, maybe some clear thinking. Because also when you're sick, it's like, it took me a while to be able to really get in tune with how I felt versus pretending almost I'm going to feel better. What were the symptoms you were having at the time? What were the predominant symptoms? In January, I was dizzy. I was having some sort of palpable head pain, almost like pressure in my head. My wrists would be sore or not sore. I had a lot of like rib pain, like in my ribs, in my chest. I was tired, all of those things. Plus, I was really scared. Fear was a really big part of what I was dealing with at that time because I had never been sick. And not specifically for not something that couldn't be figured out. It's, I'd always thought that you went to the doctor. This is what's wrong with you. Here's how we treat you. You take it for whatever amount of days and you're fine. And that was every single time with everything I'd ever dealt with in my life. So I was scared. I was wondering, you start to think, is there something really wrong? Not really. There was something more serious. They tested me for AIDS. They tested me for, gosh, you think a lot of scary stuff, right? Well, maybe have you thought about this, Adam? And I was like, there's no way I could have that. But, but then you start to, I don't know. Then you get tested and tested and you become a pincushion. Many of you listening can likely relate to the fear of not knowing what is causing your problems and not experiencing effective solutions. And now it's January. I did this complex homeopathy. It didn't help me. And I moved on to, I did some, like this gentleman that was in Alaska was doing this like immunotherapy where they're titrating the Lyme down to a millionth or trillionth of versions of it. And you're basically taking it to get your immune response to work. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the theory behind homeopathy, the thought is that you can take something causing a symptom or disease and dilute it down to a very low level, which works to help build a defense against that problem. A basic belief behind homeopathy is that like cures like. In other words, something that brings on symptoms in a healthy person can, in a very small dose, treat an illness with similar symptoms This is meant to trigger the body's natural defenses. 
And he was a really brilliant guy to talk to. But let's start with what we should have on. Because while I'm talking to you, we should also have a graph that's adding up the dollars, right? Because every one of these isn't free and nothing's covered by insurance in this world, right? So even up to this point, we're spending, every time I'm seeing one of these folks, it's at least not that it's the most important thing, but it's $500 or it's $1,000 or it's $1,500 to go down each one of these kind of paths. And now we're into 2015. And it was in 2015 that there was a, a Lyme literate doctor we've spoken a little bit about that I was recommended to go see. And I had, again, was looking at the website and someone told me they'd heard good things about their protocol out there. And I went out and saw this practice. My mom went with me this time. This became a family affair. So we went out and I remember sitting there and her talking with the doctor. So it's a big practice. There's usually a Lyme literate doctor. And then there's a ton of different protocols that they happen to be doing. It could be hyperbaric. It could be ozone and therapy, supplements. And this is not just this one doctor I went to, but that's sometimes the scope that you run into in a Lyme literate facility. It's throwing a bunch of different things at what you're presumed to have. Adam made very good observations. He observed that they were throwing a bunch of different treatment options at what he was presumed to have. That's a key point because maybe he didn't actually have chronic Lyme as he started to realize later on. Now, I got tested again at this time. And the interesting thing is this is one time I did test positive or I, it sounds so weird to say, or at least I was told I did. I was supposedly CDC positive. Now, I had tested negative three or four times. We're now months and months and months later. And I had tested positive and that allowed me, I think, to go down the road of some antibiotics. So I ended up doing at this facility, I was there for a couple years, I think at least 18 months. And I think we went down this road and some things would help a little bit. Like I would say ozone was helpful, not helpful in like downstream feeling better, but making me feel better temporarily. It would make me feel, and I don't know if that was just the oxygenating of the blood and coming back into my system. They would do 10 pass. They literally pull it out. It comes back in, pull out your blood, ozonate it, put it back in. I was doing IV rocephin, which is a really heavy antibiotic. And I learned how to do IV ozone. And I was doing that at the same time. So I was doing IV ozone myself. I was doing rocephin. I was doing a bunch of different IV antibiotics or supplements, a lot of supplements, a lot of visits. And we've talked about this before. I believe the intention there was very positive. The intention was that they were going to help me. I went back and looked at some of the things that we wrote back and forth, and I was really always hopeful. But a lot of times I would end the email with, I just wish it was working for me. So I would say, can I try this or can I try that? And it becomes tremendously expensive. And then all of a sudden, my wife, they said that we maybe, she has it. And then we have a little boy named Griffin. Maybe he has it right? And maybe Griffin, my little guy has a um, genetic condition. He's doing great now, but we've had some ups and downs with him early on. But we were going down the path for a while of that. All of us. It turned into that and it became pricey, right? So when it's not working and you're spending what was equivalent to a salary in a year, basically, on something like this, you have to eventually say, uncle, this isn't it, which is a big thing too, because now you're into 2017 and 18. And I've spent two and a half or three years chasing this lane. I have Lyme disease. But then it was as simple as me saying, but what if I don't? If I did, and I've seen some of the best people, why aren't I better? 
Why is there no, there wasn't really any testing that was saying, hey, this is what's going on. It was just, it became more empirical. It became really based on how are you feeling? I'm feeling a little bit of this. Okay, let's try that. So I shifted. First, I shifted and started thinking about mold, which mold is, was the first step, actually, eventually me finding you. I went down a path of mold in 2018, 19. I saw a mold specialist doctor and they had a different protocol. And I did a neuroquant MRI, which was my third MRI throughout this entire process. Because early on, I was like, do I have MS? It doesn't make sense that I would be having these feelings in my body if there isn't a reason. But I'm a, always, my wife and I laugh, like the doctors are always saying to me, oh no, you're, wow, you're actually, you actually tested great. You actually, there's no smoking gun. Right. When I started going down the mold, we were living. I, w- I remember saying, wait a minute, do I have mold in my basement? I remember Aaron, my wife and I in, in a hazmat suit. Literally, I went and bought them in the basement, like taking everything out, like stuff that I grew up with as a kid. I got rid of everything. That's what it was said I was supposed to do. That's what I did. We did have mold in the house. Right. And I did show to have some sort of an allergy to it. Now, I, it wasn't black mold, but I had been in Western medicine. I've been tested for mold. I'd never come up positive, but I went down this road and when I went in, like I said, I go in with both feet, both hands. Like I dove into this thing to see if it was for me. I ended up, gosh, I can't remember the name of this stuff. Chloro, chlorostyramine? A cholestyramine probably. Chlorostyramine, which was originally in the 50s and 60s, a cholesterol drug, right? Yes. But they found that it binds, right? It's a binder that they use for mold. And I'm not promoting it on here. I'm just telling you that I was someone that took it. So I tried that. I tried it again. That didn't really work. And then I had something that the first thing that really worked for me. And I started thinking about it differently. I read some books on brain training and on what's really determining whether or not I have pain, right? Do I actually have an infection or do I have an immune system maybe, or a brain that might be misinterpreting a signal that might make somebody else feel sick or not feel sick that made me feel that way? And I started doing these practices and really working on it. And I made improvement for the first time. That sounds crazy, like legitimate, right? Like I was bad, not better, like all the way better, but my attitude was a lot better. That was a big thing. I started to become active again. I started to spend less time thinking about what was wrong with me. It's great to be your advocate as I was for years, but it's not great to be obsessed. And to be thinking about it and overanalyzing everything that's going on in your body, I think that can lead to the symptoms that I ended up having when I saw you that I had helped with are much different than the ones that I started with. They're different. I don't know what led me into fibromyalgia, but I think that I think, and I don't know, but I had a virus or something that I was sick with. My body was working on trying to rebalance itself. And I, over time, really started through the mentality of it. And in combination with what I was dealing with, I think it led me into down this road. I also had a severe emotional trauma. The facts don't matter. But in the middle of this, that happened with me, that it happened about nine months before my first symptom in all of this. I never thought about that until I went through the process years later. But it was a major thing that happened to me that knocked me flat for a long time. As Adam's story demonstrates, while you are in the middle of the battle, you may not be able to think about everything that was going on that led up to the struggle that you're going through. 
retrospectively, he's able to recall the impact of major stress on his symptoms. This is likely familiar to many of you who are listening who have fibromyalgia and related problems, as well as those who have loved ones or patients who are going through this. And I don't know if maybe that affected my immune system and made me a little bit more open to getting thrown off. So anyway, I started to read about fibromyalgia. It's funny going down all these things. It's not something I had ever considered because I'd always thought it was a infection that I had of some kind, right? That I could take some sort of an antibiotic or I needed to turn around for my body. So I remember that I got, where was it that I actually learned about fibromyalgia? Whatever it was, I started to, I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time. And I think you remember it. And I found your podcast and it made a lot of sense. I think at the time you were talking about a combination of ADHD. You were talking about the symptoms. You were talking about, basically you were talking to me. And I remember I was at, I started going back to the gym. I made this decision. I'd seen this other video of this woman. She said she had fibromyalgia. So I was starting to do some research on it. And she was talking about a very similar symptomology to me. And she said, I stopped moving. And it's true, I had stopped. As active as I had been, I had become sedentary. I had done some things, a little bit of running or a little bit of this, but I hadn't gotten moving again like I used to. And basically, she said really emphatically and with some cursed language, get up off your whatever, that's what I did, just try it. And the next day, I went back to the gym. And I've been going six days ever since. Like I just said, it's gonna be harder, maybe I'm not gonna be able to do it, but I'm gonna go. And it was when I was at the gym, the first day I was there, I was looking at Fibromyalgia podcast and I saw Conquering Your Fibromyalgia with you. And I listened, I, to be honest, I'm never someone that listens to anything in order. Like I look for something that looks similar. And, I, and the first ones I started to look at, I think you were talking about, like one of them where you're going into the symptoms of fibro and a couple of the stories that you had. And I called Erin, which is my wife, from the parking lot of the gym at 10 o'clock at night. And I called her. And I said, I just listened to this podcast. And then I just did research. I couldn't believe that you were in the same state as me. That's where we will finish this episode. Next week, we will continue the conversation with Adam on his journey from chronic Lyme diagnosis to fibromyalgia and learn more about how he got better. For those of you who have enjoyed the podcast and want to help bring this message to others, please hit the like or follow button and leave a five-star review. That is the best way others can learn more about how to live better, to lessen and even reverse the symptoms of fibromyalgia and related problems. Until next week, go Team Fibro!